0: Where we unpack what it takes to succeed in business. I'm your host, Victoria Jones, and I'm in the business of empowering people to become profitable and purpose driven business owners. Over the past six years, I've enabled ambitious founders to start and scale their own business and make money doing what they love. Through our six weeks to success Upstart program and one on one coaching services, I'm able to fulfill my mission to educate, enable, and inspire more people to turn their business ideas into a reality. Through this podcast, I want to equip you with the knowledge and inspiration needed to kickstart your business, build your brand, and thrive on your entrepreneurial journey. I'll be interviewing the world's most successful business leaders, innovators, and influencers. We'll delve deep into how they've built their business, the tips they've learned along the way, and reveal what it takes to succeed. A lot of people um, I speak to, and I spoke to recently on our latest webinar, was how to grow your business through social media. And someone that's done that really well is my guest here today, Anna. Anna is a master's trained women's health and pelvic floor physiotherapist um, based in Sydney, and she's founder of The Whole Mother. Anna specializes in pregnancy, postpartum, and the pelvic floor, offering women home visits, clinic consults and online consults. She's also founder of the Pregnancy Academy which is an online educational and exercise program to teach women how to have stronger, healthier pregnancies and smoother births and faster postpartum co- recovery, which I can vouch for because Anna helped me a lot in my first pregnancy and I'm now 29 weeks pregnant. So we're actually combining this podcast with a treatment too, which is really exciting after this. Um, And I'll be chatting to Anna today about how she set up her own business, how she's grown it on Instagram and tips for developing other revenue streams, such as her popular online program. So welcome, Anna. Nice to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Vic. It's great to be here. And what would you say, aside from being obviously a great physio, would you say has been the number one key to your success as a business owner?
1: I would say it's really important to be very consistent with what you're putting out to the world and in particularly online, so social media. So I think initially in the first year, it was quite hard to get some sort of traction with social media, but I stuck at it. I just was really regular with posting. And I think consistency was the key to actually um, putting out really good content and then having that there. So as it did slowly grow, people were able to look at my posts and see that you know what I have is really valuable information. And I think by doing that, it did make people be able to trust me to know that I'm qualified as well in the area. Um, so I, yeah, I really think consistency was was one of the biggest things that I sort of implemented um that has, yeah, eventually and and is paying off now, which is fantastic.
0: And was it something you'd done before? Was you know social media changing the landscape all the time? Was it something that you had chosen like you loved doing yourself personally, or did you have to teach yourself um all about it?
1: hundred percent had to teach myself. So I am obviously being a physio. I don't necessarily have those sort of you know graphic design and creative skills that come naturally because it's not my field. So I actually had to just self teach everything. So. Um, I think you've spoken about maybe Canva before but I use that and I I love that Um, and I yeah just started looking at trying to get good images and things that would you know be look nice you know that's obviously important but also you know be able to be relatable and portray my message as well so yeah. Everything that I've done online and with social media and Instagram has all been very much self-taught.
0: Yeah. Which I think is a great skill. I know lots of people starting out, maybe try and outsource some of that things, you know, social media in particular. And I did it once um, thinking it would free up time to get new clients and work on other things. But actually I felt her voice came through instead of mine. So it felt really inauthentic. And I thought actually it much better to be doing this myself but I think one tip that you said is really good is not not overthinking it and making sure it's going to be absolutely perfect before you post but just being very real I know your Instagram stories feels like it's a friend talking to you like you'll do it on the go or if you're going for a walk in the morning views of bondi beach it's very (laughs) it doesn't it feels very authentic Mm,
1: yeah and i think that's absolutely key and i totally agree with you i think connection and connecting to you know for me it's about connecting to other women because obviously that's you know my my target market that's my specialty in women's health Um, you want to feel like you are relatable to them. You want to feel like it's your voice coming through. A lot of the issues I talk about or will treat are, you know, very sensitive, vulnerable issues regarding the pelvic floor and, you know, what women go through in pregnancy, like yourself having pain. And I think, you know, to make sure that they feel understood and like there is help out there and to have my personality come through on my posts and on my yeah social media stories and everything. I think that's really key. And then when someone does direct message me, which I do get a lot of, I then reply and it's personable and everybody is just so grateful. And it just, if you go that extra step yourself and not outsource those sorts of things, you will get clients through it and you will get yeah. sales through it. And that's, you know, what happens with me. So Instagram for me is an amazing source of um, getting, you know, getting clients um, and, yeah, and sales for my online program and ebooks as well.
0: And because you don't heavily push your products, it's something um, I've said to people in the past. I know I've worked with that. Nagi from Recipe Ten Eats who's very much says to brands as well, it's not just about pushing your products which so many people just do like you obviously set out to connect with your audience inform them but then you say you get sales for ebooks and things through Instagram do you have a strategy behind that where you will then promote something every so often or you know every once a month how do you manage that
1: yeah so no sort of um you know written down on paper direct strategy um yep. it's it's more which I kind of like from my business and I guess with my personality I think winging it a bit is it works well for me <laughs> yeah. because if I get to uh I guess, stringent, then, you know, I'm going to get overwhelmed and, you know, if there's too much of kind of a rule book to stick by. Um, So I kind of go with the flow. I think the only strategy I probably do have is being educational. So for me, it's about educating my clients. And because I'm so passionate about women's health and pregnancy and postpartum, when I have, when I teach my followers something, I generally have a, a you know product or like an ebook or my program that sort of um, will explain that further or will go into more detail or so for me it's about you know providing that valuable information and advice and then sort of saying, look if you you know want to know more or you want to learn you know how to activate your core exercise, core muscles um, and do core exercises that are safe after giving birth, you know, here's here's an ebook I have and go to, you know, the link in my bio to check it out and those sorts of things. So yeah, bringing it in more as an addition rather than just saying, right, this is a product that, you know, you need to get, it's actually giving them value first. And I think that's really key and connecting with them first. And I also have a free pelvic floor ebook on my website as well, which I link to in my bio, which is really important to give, um, women or you know your audience free something free and you know for me it's like pelvic floor exercises are such an unknown and so many women don't know how to do them correctly and whilst a physical assessment is key it's actually really useful for them to read how to activate it for, how to activate their pelvic floor from someone qualified rather than something else they'll find you know via sort of google so i think giving them Something that is free, that is from a qualified person, you know, does also help. So I also link to that a lot and that enables me to uh, grow my email list and, again, build that reputation because they'll read that and they'll go, oh, wow, like that's amazing information. It's all for free. And, you know, again, it's about building that uh, rapport, I think. So even though you've never met this person, obviously it's an online world. To me, having them having trust in me as a practitioner, and I've got the qualifications behind me. Um, that's that's really essential, and especially in the field of health, when there's so many people sort of out there claiming certain things or saying certain things. To come back to having the qualifications um, is yeah is really key. I think.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of people out there that are so-called health professionals, and um, it must it must grate you when you sometimes read people advising the wrong things, particularly when it comes to to pelvic floor and women's issues. (laughs) That's a whole other podcast It is, it
1: is. It is a bugbear of mine and I do, yeah, I do speak about that a bit and that's, you know, that's another opening to say, you know, I've got this online program or if you want um, to get assessed and treated individualised, which, you know, I do recommend every pregnant woman, postpartum woman does, Come and see me if you're in Sydney. And if not, you know, I get I get women messaging me saying, you know, I'm in Victoria, can you recommend someone? And I'll say, look, you know, I try this person. Like I'm always trying to help women wherever they are in the world and I've done online consults with women, you know, in America and Canada and all around the world. Um, and I just think if they don't have the access to this kind of information and service, then I would love to be able to provide it to them. So, connecting with, with women around the world and making a bigger difference is a real passion of mine as well.
0: Yeah. And why did you, obviously, you're super passionate about it. You found your calling in life. What got you into particularly women's issues and helping with them with, uh, it sounds awful, women's issues, I shouldn't say it like that, but helping them, um, you know, helping people through pregnancy and postpartum? Why particular, why did you sort of niche into that?
1: Yeah, good question. So I started out being a physio. Obviously, to be a women's health physio, you need to start out with the degree in physiotherapy. So I did that, and I just didn't feel passionate about general physio. I tried all the different areas, and you wouldn't believe it, but in um, the undergraduate, so bachelor course, we really had a tutorial on women's health. That was it. In the four years, it was one tutorial. So you don't leave... Knowing exactly what it's all about. So, I actually, when I realised I didn't really have that fire in my belly that I really wanted and desired with work, because I think that's so important, I did further research into women's health and what actually does a women's health physio do exactly. And so, um, I then decided to, which is like me, just to throw myself into the masters because I, to be honest, if I didn't do that, I was probably going to change careers. So, I thought, no, I'm going to. Um, I've always been super interested in pregnancy and postpartum and wanting to help women. But, like I said, I just didn't know enough about it because we weren't taught enough. So, I threw myself into the master's program and loved every minute of it. And just feel like it's so much more rewarding for me personally to be able to help a pregnant woman to be able to you know, walk easier and have, you know, not as much pain like, you know, for yourself and look after her toddler a little bit easier or to be able to get over and and, and um, treat something like prolapse or, you know, pelvic floor dysfunction and leakage. To me, it's really about improving the woman's quality of life. Um, and so to me, that's, much more rewarding than, say, helping someone's sprained ankle. And, you know, I, yeah. so for me yeah. it's, it's about, yeah, being super rewarding and it's a such a um, transformational time in a woman's life and – I just, I love being around pregnant women and new mums. And I think that the female body, it's absolutely fascinating. And there is so much you can do to prevent a lot of the issues, as you say, that women have. That they're just, women aren't taught from their obstetrician or their GP or midwife. And if they come to me, I'm going to talk through everything that they can do to have the best strongest pregnancy possible and the best recovery. And I think women tend to put themselves you know last and I'm very much about saying, you know let's put yourself first, let's get you in the best position possible, help prevent some issues, um, be proactive rather than reactive. So um, yeah, for me, I think having a niche is and, and finding something you're passionate about. It's not always easy, but I think it's imperative in business.
0: Yeah. And that's what I was just about to ask. Actually, it must have been really good for your business as well, because people can, can come to you. They're like, I've just had two friends that are pregnant recently and they said, oh, what should I do? And I recommended you because it was, I was just like, oh, you must go and see Anna because you also have a holistic approach as well. It's not just let's fix this issue. It's like looking at the whole woman the whole mother (laughs) exactly there comes Um, the
1: name yeah that's exactly right very holistic and you know women have a lot of pressure on themselves and from society as well you know to be career woman to be the mum, to be the you know the best friend the daughter the everything and I think you know when they come to me they I actually talk to them, I listen to them, you know, I have an hour consult, we go through things that are going on for them psychologically as well. Women, you know, open up to me and that's a really important part of treatment because the physical body will reflect what's going on mentally as well. So I think, and I am really holistic with my approach with, yeah, nutrition and looking after themselves from, a mindset point of view, you know, I'm commonly telling women, no, I think you need to take that month off before you have the baby for maternity leave. You know, because so many women these days, which would have never happened before, are like, I'm going to work up to having the baby. And I'm always just slowly planting the seed of, you know what, I think it's really good to wind down and work on your mindset and, you know, sort of implementing yeah, more of that kind of holistic advice. Um, So I'm definitely, as you say, not just physical...
0: Yeah, and I think, yeah, it's obviously been good for referring clients as well, and people that's what you're known for. Um, and is that how yes. you have got you know, we spoke a bit about Instagram, but you've attracted new clients, it's mainly been word of mouth as well, like people recommending you to friends. And yes, absolutely, of word of business? mouth,
1: yep, is a big one. And thank you very much for recommending <laughs> your funny. two friends. The other, um, and Instagram, as we spoke about, and the other mode of referrals is um, from health practitioners so I when I started um, working in Sydney did a lot of networking so I met with a whole lot of different health practitioners so obstetricians and other physios and how did
0: you meet them did you go because lots of people say they're scared to do that when they start out did you call them up or connect with them on LinkedIn or how did you network with them
1: I emailed them yeah, yeah. so just I a- I emailed them I had a big spreadsheet and I yeah. wrote down so you know just via googling I wrote down all different health practitioners you know even acupuncturists and you know all sorts of different health practitioners that I thought that were in the field of women's health so you know some chiropractors and osteopaths and as I said other physios because as, as other physios don't, you know, don't know about women's health. So a lot of people don't know about what exactly we do. So for me, it was a lot about educating them. And so I did a lot of that um, networking initially, sending out emails and just saying, you know, I'd love to catch up for, you know, a coffee or meet with your employees, you know, your other physios. And so I've done some little in-services. So I've gone to some other physios, you um, clinics and talk to all the physios just talking about what I do and if you have clients that present with A, B and C you know I can help them and so I did a lot of that and as I said GPs and obstetricians and you know whilst that was very time consuming and the kind of results from that as such didn't happen immediately people that I met or practitioners that I met a year ago or 18 months ago you know are now starting to like it would now refer i'll get a client right, and that would okay. have come from that so that initial work that you put in does eventually pay off and i think yeah. that's something we we think we're like oh it's just going to be immediate you know same with instagram same with meeting and networking oh hopefully like next week i'll, I'll get a client or whatever and it just takes time but people um you know you're you're in the back of their mind so when a client comes up comes and sees them and they think if, if they think they're going to need a women's self physio, you're the one they're going to think of and whatever industry you're in so I think actually putting the hard yards in and connecting and and not being afraid like people everyone I emailed were really excited you know they're like great awesome so glad you yeah you people really me. want to help
0: you and I think even if mm. you say I'm actually starting out and I'd you know i'd love you to you know to meet for a coffee get your advice about the industry yes. people are really willing to help and um they are and, and remember
1: it's not just one way and that's something i always said like i wanted to know what other practitioners were out there so i can refer like it's really important it's not just a one way street it works both ways so you know it's another way people can look at it if that whatever industry they are in they can say you know this is what i do i'd love to learn about what what you do, and I'd love to be able to help, you know, each yeah, so other. Yeah, see if we
0: can work together. I say that a lot in the six-week program. At the end, it's about partnerships. Who can you partner with? And it's always got to be a win-win. Otherwise, there's no point in it. But even, yeah, thinking, like thinking about your competitors, you can partner with them. I've said it a lot on this podcast, but just I've partnered with competitors in the past, and then we've got a bigger client, and you can actually – you can help each other's businesses along the way. And I think people are, maybe especially now after the pandemic, and people are a bit more about community and coming together and supporting each other, and in particular women. So I think, yes, yeah, if there's anything to do with women's health or, you know, that area, mm. I think I mentioned someone to you, Melissa from Alongside You Parenting, who's yes. just launched her business and she's all around the postpartum period and helping women from birth to three. So I think you know that could be a good partnership and you can refer refer clients to each other Hundred percent,
1: and yeah we've you obviously introduced us electronically which was awesome and you know that uh might that relationship you know something might come of it in six months time or a year's time and I think you just have to be really sometimes not super hard but when you are running your own business just remember to yeah just don't don't give up and just be a patient and and persist just just keep on going keep meeting new people you don't have to do it forever but I certainly think um to get your name out there and and reputation and yeah just to start networking connecting and showing people that you're authentic and you're passionate and all of those things I think it's worth it
0: yeah and even networking events like they sound quite cheesy but they're not often as cheesy as you think like I've been to a few and it's everyone's quite supportive it's just
1: absolutely I've been to yeah I've been to quite a few as well especially like earlier on um now not as much but um yeah and again exactly it was great and people just people were there to meet and mingle and you know it it might not be the direct kind of um outcome from that particular person that you meet, but they might know someone that needs your services or vice versa. So I just think that, yeah, I think it is really helpful. I mean don't, you know, don't overwhelm yourself with it. But certainly if you're yeah, if you're starting out, do start to send off some emails and, you know, put some time into meeting and networking.
0: Yeah. And would you say having a memorable like I would say Pitch your business well, like just be able to to talk succinctly about what you do in ten words or less. And I know a few people have said, should I use my name as my business name, or should I come up with a new name? Do you think the whole mother has been really good? Do you think people remember that as the name, or they remember you because you're very much, you know, in your brand, aren't mm. you? You're the face of the brand. Yeah, um, I am.
1: You- I, I struggled with that decision, to be honest. Um, I, I think sometimes it is a hard one to whether to do brand yourself um, as, yeah, obviously that, that sort of bigger brand name or do it as your personal name. Um, I think people, I, I get probably 50 50, I reckon. Some people do remember, I think if they come from Instagram, they're probably more so going to remember kind of the whole mother. Um, But if they see me clinically and they come from like a little bit more, maybe health practitioners, they'll remember me as Anna Scammell. Um, I think that don't get too stuck on it. Like I did, you know, I did think about it a lot. And I guess because... I didn't know, as a lot of a lot of people don't know exactly how their business was going to look. I decided to keep it more broad and brand with the whole mother because I knew that I probably wanted to create a whole lot of different things, which I've done. You know, eBooks and an online program, and and then have myself as uh, you know the uh, a practitioner and doing clinic and home visits. So. I think that's why I um decided in the whole mother because I am so holistic. So I didn't just want it to be, you know, physio because I feel like I'm more than that. Yeah. And so yeah, at this stage I'm I'm really happy with um with the branding. I think for other people starting out, don't get too kind of you know, obviously, you know, think about your name and obviously so it has there is a reason behind it and you're not just you know picking anything but certainly you can rebrand and people do it yeah and and you can
0: get very hung up on the name and oh yeah and waste a lot of time I think correct and if that's gonna be three months of deciding a name yes don't people don't care as much about it as you do so I think
1: yes that's right exactly so there's there's probably benefits of of both but I think as you say like I am very embedded in my brand um and yeah one of my fears was probably being the face of it like I think because I'm not sort of that way inclined so I think that's probably another reason why I started with yeah the whole mother because I sort of yeah I I was a bit fearful of being the face of it but as time has gone on and I've evolved as a person I have become a little bit more of the face of it and, you know, change my profile picture to be my face rather than the logo and, you know, just little things like that, but using, and, and, you know, posting more pictures of myself and that sort of thing. And was that
0: scary? Because so many people I work with, including myself, it's scary putting your face out there. It's, you feel, yeah, Yeah, you feel. absolutely. Like
1: I procrastinated on making my online program because I didn't want to be on video. Like, that is why I continually put it off. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think, like, it's more common than you think that people are like, oh, what are they, what is, what are people going to think of me? Or, you know, what if I look funny? Or, you know, just, just anything. So I think, um, yeah, that's probably been one of my biggest fears was one of my biggest fears and you know I got over it and I created an online program but still sometimes to get my face on Instagram sometimes I'm bit like oh god like it's and just- how do you get
0: over it do you just feel the fear and do it anyway that's what people generally say exactly and I, I did right. my first webinar yesterday and it was probably the most awkward thing I've ever done <laughs> just because you're literally talking to a screen you get no feedback from people I didn't know if anyone was even online listening, waffling yeah. on, and I just, but then I had some good feedback after. I had some also some people saying that there was technical issues, but I just mm. feel I felt pleased I'd done it. I put put myself out there, and then it's like the next thing will be less. Absolutely. I'll be able to, so I do yeah. think don't pe- people don't mind if there's a few, um, you know, teething issues, mm. and actually mm. if that's going to stop you from getting started because you you've got to be perfect or you've got to have all your hair and makeup done then
1: yeah absolutely it's never
0: going to happen is it
1: no it's not and I think yeah one of my sayings I've got to continue to remind myself but is progress over perfection without yeah. a doubt and I just think what you notice and sort of will pick on other people won't and i yeah I do think I do think that's hard like I do think obviously having good audio is important and you know like visuals is good um, but it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be perfect you don't need all these special lights and all this special technology you know you can do some really good quality stuff without spending a fortune that's the other thing so I just think get started just get the ball rolling yeah feel just with your fear. iphone
0: i think i've like did um an event in february and i got a friend to take some video content and pictures on the iphone which mm. obviously costs nothing mm-hmm. um and i've used that those pictures and that video content more than when i spent two grand on a videographer to film <laughs> the whole thing mic'd me all up it was just there you go and and you know at the end of the day are you how are you going to use the content that you produce I think is something to think about and yes. and you don't need to spend a fortune on fancy videographers and yes. you know maybe when you're more established you can then go and get a great show reel done but initially for sure.
1: and I think you know you, you just need to if you're doing some professional shots to be you know for your head shots and it's sort of some, some things that you can use for, for a long time. I think that's worth to spend a little bit of money on. I I did that. Get a photographer,
0: even someone starting out that's, you know, wants some more experience. You have to spend a fortune, but definitely get some, I'd say photos done.
1: Yes. Professional photos done or someone, you know, like my sister's amazing with the camera. She got all the the graphic creative jeans and I got all those sort of health medical ones but yeah she took some photos of me and they yeah turned out amazing um and so that was great but yeah in terms of and in, in terms of you know yeah like I say filming yeah, use your iPhone use your MacBook you know I've, I've used my MacBook for um filming my online program and the quality yeah how did you do that good. can you take
0: us through it the actually creating the online program did you use a platform like Kajabi i can't remember what you used. Yeah what i used Teachable you? Teachable yeah, yeah I've heard
1: that's yes. good as well So yeah so both of them i looked at both of them and Kajabi was more expensive and yeah it did have some more bells and whistles but for what i need right or needed right when I started, um, yeah, teachable is, is good enough and it, yeah, it is a really good platform. And again, you know, you sort of, you get a bit of overwhelm and hard making decisions. Are you going to make the right one, but you know, you can always swap platforms or some stage if you need. So I yeah. just think, you know, do the research. I certainly looked into the different platforms and, um, yeah. And then, so I've, I use that and then, yeah, I've done all the rest again, self taught my you know done everything so videoing and then I I taught myself how to edit and yeah so so. did
0: you do the videos from your macbook then you just spoke yeah yeah spoke to your MacBook. yeah I did and And
1: just and it was and
0: scripted it all yourself or was it off the cuff or how did you plan it out
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think if I was gonna script it I would never have done it I just sometimes as I said I just have to like wing it and if I get too organized, then I become a perfectionist and I'll never do it. Yeah, so for me, it was actually about sitting down and well, first of all, I went through all the different like topics that I wanted to speak about. And so I had that all organized. Um, but then when I actually went talking about the particular topics, I did in go through and just you know put some dot points down on a piece of paper but then when I actually got to speaking in front of the camera I just did it off the cuff
0: yeah okay that's great to hear because I know well myself included that I was going to launch an online program the six weeks to success and and I've started doing a bit of it and it just yeah I feel like um you can waste so much time scripting everything and Mm -hmm. making it perfect and then. Yep. will it will it ever happen
1: <laughs> well that's it exactly and I think you've got to also remember that you know if you know your stuff then you'll be able to talk about it and you will like so many um of my clients and people have used my program were like you scripted that yeah you were reading off something or you know I'm like no no they're like, oh wow, like, and I was like, really? Like, can't you tell that I'm yeah. just sort of, you know, talking about it? And they were like, no, 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 like that was, yeah, really, you know, really clear and concise and seemed. So that was really good feedback. I mean, the other thing you could have is, um, which I have done in my second program. So I'm filming the postpartum program now, and I have. Bore a little whiteboard and put dot points on that so that just so I don't forget anything. Um, So that's something I think just dot points. Yeah, Yeah, just dot points. Don't overthink it. And people like it when you do explain things authentically. If they can tell you're reading from something and there's no personality behind it, they're going to get bored and they're not going to listen to what you say. Whereas if you yeah if you make it a little bit more conversational and get passionate about it and that sort of thing I think that's yeah that's far better yeah
0: and talk to the camera remember when I was a journalist um one of the producers that was producing some videos interviews we were doing he was like just talk to the cameras as if it's your best friend Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um I guess that that advice still sticks now doesn't it if you can talk to the camera like you're talking to a friend yep as opposed to your screen um Absolutely, no, Yeah, it, that comes I pretended that it
1: was a client, but then obviously it's a bit off-putting when you see on your <laughs> computer, there's the picture of you You're looking at <laughs> yourself. So that's a little bit off-putting, you know, you can obviously do things to hide that if you need. But yeah, I just um, imagined I was talking to a client, you know, I talk about these issues every single day. I explain them and that's why I wanted to create the program because I was like, I'm explaining these things every single day to one-on-one, to one woman. And I was like, I want to be able to influence and affect um, more women. I want to teach more women about this. So I was like, I have to put something to video so that it can be accessible, you know, to women well, a- around the world. Well, it's scalable. Yeah, it's exactly. scalable.
0: And was that something you set out to do initially? Were you like, right, I want to make my business scalable eventually so I will have an online element? Or was, has that evolved um, over time?
1: No, initially, yeah. So I actually did B-School by um, Marie folio Oh, you yeah, I've yeah. done that as well. It's really good, isn't it's it? It's really good. She says
0: the progress, not perfection, which yes. is that I've learned that from her, which
1: yes. is great. Yeah, she's yeah, she's amazing. Um, So I actually bought that program and did it, I reckon, in, or started it, I must say, in 2013, and then I, I did finish it um, the following year. But so it's been actually that long that I've wanted to do something online. She's all about online business, so I think then like obviously different things happened in my life, and I think you've got to be in the you know got to be in the right headspace and really know what exactly you want to do. And so I had ideas, but I didn't know exactly how I wanted it to look. So that's what evolved, but. I always knew that I wanted to do something online, I just didn't know how it would look and then yeah, over the years and I guess just getting more um, experience and also working working on myself as well and getting more confidence personally and I think that helped as well.
0: Yeah, has that been, because that's something that I cover in my program with people is that mindset piece which can sound a bit fluffy but actually I think every entrepreneur successful business leader has done a lot of self-development and a lot of work on themselves like just to overcome the fears around putting yourself out there and um, and there's so many little things that you can do to just overcome that negative mindset and and start believing in yourself more what would you say some of your tips are for for self-belief and growing as a person?
1: Oh the main one, hands down, is learning meditation. So I learned Vedic meditation in 2015 and I've done it daily ever since, or most days. Ever since. And
0: what's the difference with that again? Is that the one um It's a that mantra it- based. Mantra right, based.
1: Okay. So you you get Um, taught from a Vedic teacher and they yeah they give you a mantra which is a word um that you say in your head and you repeat it and mantra means vehicle for the mind so the idea is that the mantra helps you transcend so it's about transcending consciousness to a place of less thought or not no thought essentially but you're not asleep yeah so um you know, it's, people say, oh, I'm bad at meditation because I, I think too much. But, you know, that that's normal. Like the brain is made to think. The idea is that when you think, you're actually releasing stress. So every thought is you releasing stress. And then as you say the mantra and you bring yourself, you realize you're thinking, you bring yourself back to the mantra. And then that consciousness, as I said, can transcend. And you end up being in this place of just yeah spaciousness you you know it's it's indescribable but it's amazing and I think you know that for me helped with so much of reducing stress to improve my you know to have more self-worth and self-love and yeah to to improve my confidence from a sense of personal confidence and in business as well Um, it's just an amazing uh, stress management tool and it's like a preventative thing so it's not like oh I'm stressed I'll meditate you know it's about doing it daily Um, and you know that's my morning routine along like doing meditation along with um, exercise movement I think both of those things and good nutrition I think is is key for like being you want to be the healthiest version of yourself and I think if you burn out which I have Done and when I was doing my own business, um, I just didn't have any downtime. I, this is pre-meditation. This is why I started because I totally burnt myself out. Any bit of spare time I would work and it was I, – I became a shell of a human. Like it's just – it's not worth it. You, it your your yeah. mental health, your physical health is, you know, is more important. And I think you need to prioritise that. And when you do, you'll have yeah more calmness, and I I think your business will be more successful. And as you've said, like if you speak to. Uh, people who are really high up in in business whether that's offline or online um yeah a common thread is like they have a morning routine you know they yeah yeah a lot of morning medi- routines
0: huge a lot
1: of them meditate Meditation. a lot of them exercise a lot of them eat really well like you know it's it's consistent so it just you know it shows whereas if someone's not doing that and they're just highly stressed they're just going to burn themselves out and, and be, you know, that the business is, is not going to succeed because of it.
0: Yeah, especially if you're working in the health industry, you want to practice what you preach, don't you? Without a doubt,
1: <laughs> and I make sure I do that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And what are some of the challenges that you've overcome um, in, your, in your business, like you're saying about self-development mindset? Are there some other challenges that you've faced, um, particularly with, you know, being a practitioner and then having had covid recently mm. that must have set you back a bit or did yeah, it make you evolve tough. in other areas what
1: yeah look i it did um, and you know that was a, a real challenge in particular when yeah the my business was going really really well at the beginning of the year and then march hit and and my uh, you know, income and and sales dropped like 60% in in March. And thankfully, being an essential worker, I was able to keep on working, and it did build back up in um, you know April and May, and now we're in June. So, but I do think having a different source of income, not relying on one one source of income, is really important. So through that time, I was able to, I guess, you know, tell people I've got, I can do online consults and I've got this online program. And I was able to, I guess, you know, market them a little bit more. I did a, I did a sale for um, my online program. So I did 50% because I knew people were struggling. You know, one woman contacted me and said um, that, you know, she lived in North Carolina and she was absolutely you know, struggling. She was pregnant. She you know, wasn't able to leave the house and she was totally stressed and didn't know what to do. And she'd lost her job and she couldn't afford my program. And I just said to her that, you know, have it, have it for free and just tell me, give me some feedback and, you know, do some social media sort of things with me, um, if you like it, of course yeah and, and done so i think yeah like you there's ways in which you can you know navigate things but i think what's really important is yeah not not having that one soul of income um source of income so that if if tough times do hit that you can kind of go okay that's all right i'm going to you know put more energy and effort into you know this kind of you know i guess business or um part of your business I yeah guess. and I think
0: that's great advice is having that diversity not just being just the one show one stop shop for one thing like having a few different revenue streams is really important yes um, absolutely. part of any business
1: yeah it is
0: and I know a lot of people when they start just focus on one but I always say to them okay when we're developing the idea let's look at a few different revenue streams like whether it's doing a little bit of one-on-one and then some online and
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And it makes it more interesting as well. Like for me, I do all these different things, Uh, you know, obviously clinical work and home visits and then the online consults and the online program and, you know, bringing, um, writing blogs and creating content. And for me, having that diversity is key. Otherwise I just, if I was just in a, in a clinic, you know, from Monday to Friday, it would, it would burn me out. I need to be doing different things. And I think Sometimes we sort of think, oh, we've, we've got to just do the one thing or, but yeah, be inventive, be creative or give it a try. And like you said, get get some help to, to you know, a coach like yourself to kind of, because there's some avenues of income that perhaps people haven't even thought about. So getting some help might be. yeah
0: just what they need good plug for the course (laughs) thank (laughs) you um well speaking of that we always end with our six steps to success um which is based around the six-week program Mm -hmm. um and it'd be great to just get short answers back from you first thing that comes to mind around the six um steps that we go through into building any business so number one which we have just spoken about is mindset matters so what fears did you overcome when starting out what would have been the number one fear do you think
1: number one fear was putting myself putting myself out there and you know that imposter syndrome
0: yeah so many people I know struggle with that including myself yeah um finding your why so do you believe in the power of having a purpose-driven business having like a bigger purpose than than yourself
1: Without a doubt, I think that it's very evident in your whether you have a product or a service. Um, it's you need to be passionate, have that purpose and that why, and that will then be reflective in your yeah what you're what you're selling or what you're giving to people. So I think that's absolutely key.
0: And talking about developing your idea, making sure it's viable, what would you say makes a really successful business. Hmm,
1: look, I think that doing doing the the research, doing the you know market research for me, it was about speaking to clients. It was about looking at what are the problems they're having that they need solved, and that's you know where the online pregnancy. Program came from, so I think talk to people, find out what, yeah, what is it? What is a problem that that you can help solve? Solve, Yeah, that's the main thing. What
0: problem are you solving? Exactly, isn't it? And even you noticed that gap in the market with women's physiotherapy, you know, particularly women's health that you noticed earlier. Definitely. So looking for those gaps, yes. And building a brand, building a successful brand. What is the key? To a memorable brand,
1: I think for me and in my industry, it's about being authentic, you know, yeah, genuine and and trustworthy, and having those qualifications behind me to support everything I'm saying. That's certainly in the health industry. I think that's that's really important.
0: Yeah and attracting customers what's the best way to win and attract clients or, and satisfy them as well make sure you're getting them results
1: mm, mm-hmm. go above and beyond I think that you know with my clients sometimes I think to myself you know oh <laughs> wow like I've go home and just want to switch off sometimes and but I've got you know these several emails or follow-up things to do and um, you know, yeah, whilst it can take some more time, I think go above and beyond, put that, Pers- you know, be personable and have, be in connect with people. So, you know, sending that extra email and checking up on how that person, you know, is enjoying that product or service or whatever, I think, um, is really key and it will, and it, yeah, is really beneficial for, for business.
0: Yeah, definitely. They were saying that on a podcast yesterday she was a real estate agent and she goes and makes meals for the vendors, like drops them off an actual home cooked meal because she knows it's a busy time in their life. And wow. I think like thinking of something a little bit different that you can surprise and delight people with. Yeah, is good.
1: absolutely. And they really do appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And lastly, um, partnerships and promotions. Like what, you know, partnerships have had the most impact for your business and do you believe in? partnerships as a a good marketing tool
1: mm, I do yeah I I think it's a good marketing tool I don't think oh, it's obviously the the only one but certainly for me I have done some uh, yeah collaborations with products that I already recommend women so we might do some giveaways and I just make sure that it's very authentic and aligned with what I already believe and what I already kind of teach or, um, advise women. So I think it's definitely one way. And another way is, yeah, working with influencers, um, as well. And again, someone aligned with, with you, your service, your product. So someone who is aligned with health, if you're in the health industry or so it's, you know, so it feels, um, yeah, so it is. It it's is an authentic. Genuine. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's
0: authentic. Yeah, and that's the key for brands is working with. If the influencer is not going to be buying your product, or wouldn't be open to buying your service, then I think you shouldn't really be working with them. They want to. They want to be someone in that space that would be willing to try it, and I think um, yes. yeah, that's really key this i've had some stories about um working with the beer brand and then the, the face of the beer brand didn't actually drink beer oh, so they, they came to me to find someone else and it's just it's like surely that would be the number one thing you'd find initially so yeah good tip yeah. Um, make sure they share the same values
1: yes yes
0: um so how can people connect with you anna after listening to this we'll put up your links in the podcast mm. um what's the best way
1: Uh, The best way, so yeah, Instagram is, I'm very active on there, so come and say hello, so it's at the.whole.mother, and then um, yeah, theholemother.com is also my website, Um, you can come and have a look at that, and flick me an email, and then the online pregnancy program is um, thepregnancyacademy.com.au, so I'm You can connect with me on all those different platforms.
0: Perfect, thank you. And for anyone listening that has been inspired and wants to turn their business ideas into a reality, then get in touch to find out about our coaching and business programs. My email is vic at upsiders.co. We've got a few spots left on our upcoming Six Weeks to Success Upstart program, which kicks off in July and we're running an end of financial year offer. So um, please email me for more information. And if you like the episode, then do write a review, rate it, and subscribe so you can stay tuned for more upcoming interviews and advice. Thanks very much, everyone. Bye.